Hi, this is Randy Chan. And Lisa. Welcome to the 13th episode in a series called The Night Sky of Silicon Valley. Once a week, I'll be letting you know what to look out for in the upcoming days so you can go out and gaze into our night sky. If you're like me, you sleep during the day and come awake at night. The moon, planets, and stars are your nighttime companions. I spend relaxingly cool nights in Silicon Valley trying to discern what's out there. This podcast is our journey together of the night skies. December 5th, 2020. This Monday, December 7th, in the early morning before the sun rises, the moon will be positioned in the constellation of Leo, the lion. Look into the southern sky to find Leo, which can be identified by the sickle alignment of the stars to make the lion's head. A triangle of stars form the lion's haunches. In Greek mythology, Leo is a Nemean lion that had fur that could not be penetrated by any spear. It was feared and could not be killed by any mortal. Eventually, Hercules came along and defeated the beast. He placed the lion into the heavens as one of his conquisitions. Hmm, I don't think I've ever seen Leo in the night sky. How can I find him? Well, most people can locate the Big Dipper in the sky. And using the two pointer stars that make up the far side of the ladle, most people can find the North Star. But if you follow those two pointer stars in the opposite direction, they will direct you to Leo the Lion. They point towards Leo's head, which are the stars in the sickle shape. Oh, cool. Is there anything else near the moon? Yeah, as a matter of fact, about a palm's width away from the lower left of the moon will be Vesta, one of the largest objects in the asteroid belt. It's about 326 miles or 525 kilometers in diameter. It is also the brightest asteroid visible from Earth. NASA's spacecraft called Dawn orbited around Vesta on July 16, 2011 for one year before visiting Ceres, a dwarf planet. These are the two largest objects in the asteroid belt. And Dawn was the first to orbit two destinations on the same mission. Hopefully Earth won't be hit by an asteroid and be full of craters like the moon. Ooh, good recall, Lisa. In episode 11, we talked all about asteroids and other space particles that bombarded the surface of the moon, creating the beautiful lunar landscapes of craters that we can see from here. The Earth was also hit by asteroids in our distant past, but on Earth, wind, water, and vegetation rapidly, on geological timescales, wore away at all of our craters with a few exceptions. Even the largest craters on Earth are eventually destroyed by the process of plate tectonics. Our surface layer moves and can lift up or cover over a crater. But on the moon, craters are virtually permanent. The only weathering is caused by yet another particle impact or the solar wind. The newest and youngest crater on the moon can be hundreds of millions of years old. Okay, but what about new asteroids? Does that mean we might get bombarded by asteroids creating huge craters on Earth now? Uh, no need to worry. Most of the craters were created on the moon and Earth when the solar system was forming and there was tons of rocks and stuff flying around. 
Now, most asteroids have already been pulled into planets or are in the asteroid belt or Kuiper belt. When we do fly through areas of space particles, like the tail of a comet, the debris mostly burns up in our atmosphere, protecting us from impacts. Oh, and those are our meteor showers, right? Wow, but this asteroid belt, if we did travel out there, would we have to elicit our ace piloting skills so we don't crash into any particles? Would we be running into asteroids like Vesta? Like most things in TV shows, they exaggerate it to make it exciting. But those representations are not that close to reality. The asteroid belt, which is 200 million to 300 million miles from the sun, is an incredibly desolate void. The asteroids are so few and far between that if you clumped all the asteroids in the belt together, they'd only be about 4% of the mass of the Earth's moon. Also, Vesta is the second largest asteroid and constitutes about 9% of the mass in the asteroid belt. That's why it's such a big deal when we notice one asteroid colliding with another. And it's why, on October 20th, 2020, about a month ago, it became the headlines of the astronomy world that the NASA spacecraft OSIRIS-REx intercepted the asteroid Bennu and grabbed some material. It will be encapsulating that material and sending it back down to us on Earth so we can study the regolith sample. What? That's awesome! So it would be pretty easy to navigate my spaceship through the asteroid belt? Yeah. If you divide the total number of objects in the field by the volume of space that the asteroid belt takes up, each space rock is separated by hundreds of thousands of kilometers. Think of it as gravity's remarkably spacious zen rock garden. That's not what I pictured at all. Guess the movies got it wrong. Movies are definitely entertaining. They let our imagination have fun, and imagination is really what inspires many, if not all of our greatest discoveries. It's definitely fueled our current knowledge of the night skies. So keep watching movies, and on clear nights, look up and imagine what's out there. Wait, will it be hard to see the Leo constellation this Monday if the moon is right there and super bright? No, because the moon is in its waning quarter phase, and Tuesday will be the last quarter moon. So it won't be that bright. This week of moonless evening skies after Tuesday will be ideal for observing deep space targets. So be sure to look out for Leo the Lion in our night skies and see if you can identify any other constellations. If you have a favorite or want to know more about any, feel free to let us know or leave a voice message on Anchor and we could possibly talk about other constellations in upcoming podcasts. This is Randy. And Lisa. See you next week on the night sky of Silicon Valley.